tonight, fam. We are going to be um, doing a bit of a like refresh over the last um, five weeks that we've been on in our five marks of mission. So I've got my booker booker here um, for seasonal guide five marks of mission. And so um, this is a chance if you have been with us for the whole journey to um, have those different points along the way re kind of capped and recaptured and sort of brought together. And if you've missed any of those, a chance to kind of um, see where there's a bit of a gap. And so I would encourage you if you've got a pen um, and paper, a journal, some way of like drawing or um, kind of pulling thoughts together. Um, yeah, really encourage you to utilize that just as a way of kind of being engaged and being present um, in the kind of Zoom medium. So good. So um, in our last week together at Anvil House, um, we had the lovely Daniel Chong um, sharing with us. And um, we had Jacessi Service Leading, who um, famously kind of um, bought the like, hype that he, he was just there for, for Daniel, but we can see that Jacessi's actually made it to church tonight and Daniel's not here. So shot Joe for, um, for, for making it bro. Really appreciate that. Um, so yeah, Daniel opened up, um, the five marks of mission series by, um, giving us this like really helpful definition of what is mission. And we actually had the intention of saying this every week, but it was just one of those things that got lost during lockdown. And so it's been refound, recaptured. And so I'm gonna, gonna bring that um, front and center for us tonight. So what is mission? Daniel said, number one, God is already on a mission. So the first thing we know about mission is that it's God and God is active. Missio Dei, God is um, a God of mission, active in the world bringing about his kingdom um, and seeking to save and restore people, um, bringing them into the fullness that he always intended, uh, bringing all of creation, all of the world into the fullness that God intended. So mission point number one, God is already on mission. Mission point number two, God invites us to join in on this mission. So we um, are recipients and we are participants of God's mission. God invites us into um, participation in God's liberating work in the world. Um, we become um, the hands and feet of Jesus. We become tangible good news in the world. And point number three, mission must be sourced in God's love. So mission without God's love is just our own projects. So mission um, is distinct from other good works that we might do kind of out of our own strength. Um, because mission has to have God's love at the core of it. So those three things again, Missio Day, God is on mission in the world. Number two, God invites us to participate in mission with them. And number three, mission must have God's love um, imbued within it. So um, what I'm going to do now is talk about what but what is mission through the kind of way that's been pulled apart um and i guess i think of this as like um i think of this as like a lump of dough it's like if mission is like okay it's these got these three parts of it the five marks of mission is this um process of like pulling the dough out and stretching it and kind of rolling it out and helping us to see the breadth of what mission can be and can look like and so these five marks we've been exploring and I'm going to recap on them now so the first mark we had is service 
to respond to human need by loving service. So Dan spoke about this at Blueprint a few weeks ago and he said, um, the service we offer to our neighbors is modeled after the sacrificial love of God for the world. Our love for God and for our neighbors has to model God's love. And Dan used um, three words to help us to understand what the sacrificial love looks like. Costly. So costly love requires something of us. Continuous. Love isn't um, like a tick box activity that we're kind of one and done complete, but it's a posture we continuously live into. And the third C was collaborative. Jesus calls us to love and serve together. Jesus doesn't call um, one superhero person um, to be just that font of love in the world, but calls us into community so that we can together love and serve. So love is collaborative in nature. So that responding to human need by loving service is about sacrificial love that's costly, continuous, and collaborative. And then the following week, we move to the second mark of mission that we explored, which is proclaiming, which was um, proclaiming the good news of Jesus. And I spoke that week um, about how the good news of Jesus is proclaimed in how we live our lives. It's not just our words, but it's the how of all of our lives. And we looked at three different aspects of this. One of that is um, creativity and how um, our spaces of creating um, reflect God's nature as the creator and that our spaces of creativity can be um, proclamations, um, entry points of proclamation of who God is. We looked at the Psalms and we looked at Mary and Elizabeth's interactions um, when they are both pregnant with um, John the Baptist and Jesus and how um, there was um, both creativity there, but also their testimony of what God had done in their lives. So we talked about testimony as spaces of um, just sharing where God has met you. And we said this proclamation can take a lot of different forms, but in, in their um, interaction, we see this creativity of song um, to each other and of proclaiming um, through their testimony. And then we looked at how um, forgiveness is also a way that we proclaim God's love in the world. That um, Jesus said, by, um, by your love for one another, you will um, the world will know me. And that um, he also calls us to a practice of forgiveness, um, of blessing and loving, not just the people who are easy to love, um, but the people who are hard to love. He calls us um, to a way of forgiveness. And that is a way that people know God's love in the world. That is the way the good news is proclaimed. And then the next week we had um, this uh, mark of mission of transforming. So to transform unjust structures in society, to challenge violence of every kind and pursue peace and reconciliation. And so in this week, um, Scotty told a really outrageous story about the boons at the zoo. Some of you might remember. And um, he spoke about how our pursuit of doing justice must also be just. That in our um, ways of seeking justice in the world, we cannot um, have sketchy means to try and get to good ends. That is um, actually like not all good in God's economy. Um, and instead, um, with us, um, when Jesus is um, our friend and our Lord, 
um, our vision of justice needs to be one that is um, like continuous the whole way through that our practice towards our goal must be just. And so um, practices of, of violence and of blame and of hate um, in pursuit of justice aren't um, kind of uplifted in God's kingdom. Actually, those are transformed because Jesus is one um, who showed sacrificial love and who showed forgiveness. And so our vision of justice needs to be modeled by the kind of love and life of Jesus. And that's a justice that extends to both the oppressor and the oppressed. So really a challenging vision of justice. And then the next week after that, um, I spoke about this mark of mission, care for creation. So to strive to safeguard the integrity of creation, sustain and renew the life of the earth. And um, in that week, I spoke about how God loves all that he's created. And today, um, I, a way I was reminded of that, um, even on Cuba Street, um, where our house is surrounded by concrete, there was this very sweet little like finch type bird. I don't actually even know what kind of bird it was, but it had orange and black and white and like a little bit of blue on it. It was just like hopping around for ages. And I just felt so blessed to have noticed it and felt like, oh, thank you, God, for this little bird. Um, and just thought of God's noticing and care and attention and how, um, yeah, in the scriptures, um, Jesus tells that story of um, God's care, even for like the smallest little birds. Um, and I was just reminded of that today and of God's, um, yeah, God's love for what he has made. And so, yeah, we, we spoke about that a few weeks ago. God loves all he's created. The world is this garden that God invites us to enjoy with him and to partner with him in taking care and taking responsibility of. And um, on that week, I spoke about the five R's. Um, and it was kind of like, is there five R's or is there like kind of 12 R's? Like there's kind of a bit of quite a lot of like looseness around the R's. But um, the ones I shared about were refuse, reduce, reuse, repair, and rot. And how our work for caring for creation comes about um, through practices of refusing consumerism and greed and individualism and refusing the lies that say um, our worth or our um, kind of standing with God is in any way defined by um, our purchasing power and how um, in learning to refuse that stuff, we also are invited um, to learn how to share resources, learning how to be um, generous and learning how to be interdependent as God's people and learning how to give dignity to um, the things that we have that are in our care, how to be responsible with what we have. So how to repair things, how to respect things that we have, how to share them well. Um, and in that way, like worship God through just like the really tangible, tactile, everyday, ordinary things. I know a number of you um, have been reading this book, but um, um, I've got it here. Um, the Liturgy of the Ordinary, which has got this cute peanut butter and jelly sandwich on the front of it, um, which is this really, really great book by Tish Harrison Warren, which um, I guess she, she walks through um, the different moments in an ordinary day. Um, the, the chapters, it's like just such an accessible um, church book, eh? So great. It's like you pick up a book about church and following Jesus and the um, chapter headings are waking, making bread, 
brushing teeth, losing keys, eating leftovers, fighting with my husband, checking email, sitting in traffic, calling a friend, drinking tea and sleeping. Like how accessible, so good. Anyway, so she in this book talks about the kind of ordinary moments in our day and how um, we're invited to, to see those as worshipful. And I think that this um, mark of care for, care for creation really helps us to um, connect and realize that as well. So that was, um, that was us a couple of weeks ago. And then our last one last week was um, the mark of mission to teach, to teach, baptize and nurture new believers. And in that, I spoke about the intergenerational nature of our faith, that we inherit our faith from those who have gone before us. God um, blesses us with connection to others, that our faith is kind of relationally bound and shared. We pass it on, we receive it from someone and we pass it on to those who come next. And I talked about how the form of our faith um, says you can't do this on your own. Um, you must give and receive from one another. So we can't um, just go and take Eucharist or go and get baptized on our own. These practices we have of the faith are ones that um, we break bread and give it to one another. We receive prayer. We receive um, people that put us into the water and pull us out and pray for us and celebrate us that um the, the, the kind of um, high moments of our faith as well as the ordinary moments of our faith are ones where we need to learn um, from one another and we need to nurture one another in the faith. And so this um, mark of mission around teaching is about sharing life-to-life -life experiences of walking with God. I'll say that again. Teaching is about sharing life-to-life -life experiences of walking with God. That's um, at the heart of this mark of mission. Um, so to, to teach in the way that this um, kind of like encourages us is to be a good and faithful, good and faithful ancestor in the faith, to pass on what we know um, so that our personal experience of God's love is not forgotten or lost. So those are the marks of mission, a um, little recap. Um, we kind of finished last week with me um, doing a little teaching around the Lord's Prayer. And I have invited you guys this week to practice using um, that little framework of the Lord's Prayer as an entry point to other things of prayer. And I wondered if I could just put you guys on the spot. Does anybody have a story from praying that this week? Um, has anybody practiced that and wants to share how they found it? Would love just a moment to kind of hear from anybody it's okay if not but it's nice for you guys to hear a voice other than mine just to break this up all good cool uh, Don, donna's got a story here she wants to share about oh, okay great hit us with it donna um <clears throat> well while I, while i was going to the eight and ten ten o'clock service at uh St. Peter's in the morning, hmm. um, uh, one of the things was spoken about, uh, if, if if you go to a home and you, you find it evil, you know, find the, the feeling evil not to go back. Well, I won't give the address of them, but I actually have been pulled into this evil situation hmm. uh, where... I could see things were completely wrong. Mm. 
And so I got um, one, of the, one, one of the guys from Blueprint um, Church to pray, and, that, and he prayed that our Father watched and had, lead us not into temptation. Hmm. So every time I've entered the stairwell of my house hmm. or in bed, I have been repeating this prayer. Hmm. And... Um, the uh, the evil is still in the building, but it's stopping me not entering into that mm. sort of lifestyle. Mm. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so great, Donna. I love how you say that it's something that you've come back to again and again, praying again and again. That's really cool. Thank you for sharing. Has anybody else got a um, a story from the week? Well, I got one from before. Hmm. My grandma said that if she ever got scared or whatever, she used to just pray that Lord's Prayer over and over again until it went away, until the scary thing went away. Hmm. So I learned that in the Bible, you're meant to pray that in your room, like in your closet or in your someplace that's like really like within your room. You close that door. Um and like maybe under your bed but it says in your prayer closet order and you pray that prayer in secret and then your heavenly father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly Hmm. yeah so good jess yeah those like little moments of prayer god sees it doesn't need to be glamorous or dramatic yeah so awesome cool well i'm just gonna do a little refresh of this um bit about the lord's prayer and then i'm gonna read to us um um a bit the bit about like Jesus crucifixion and we then we're going to watch a tiny video um from Bishop Ellie which is just taking us a deeper dive on how we can use the Lord's Prayer to pray um so just for a refresher we had this we had people drawing hexagons last week because the Lord's Prayer um has six different parts it opens with um our father who art in heaven hallowed be your name and the first thing we remember around that is um remembering God's character as our heavenly parent, as um, one that we can have intimate relationship with, and yet one who's super different from us and um, really big and holy and like, whoa. So remember God's character. And then um, we say, your kingdom come, your will be done. And so we're inviting God's will, intention, schemes, creativity, imagination, um, purposes here on earth. And we are like praying into that and asking to receive information about that to seek God's um, will and expecting that we're actually entitled to um, and God delights to share with us around that because we are God's children um, and so we are invited to participate in God's kingdom purposes so we say your kingdom come and we seek after those purposes and then we say give us our daily bread and we remember God's provision and we say God we need your provision we need things daily Um, we have um, we have needs and we can bring those to God And then we pray for forgiveness, both to receive it and to give forgiveness. So we say um, there's debts that we've incurred with one another. There's ways that we have um, fallen out of alignment with God's love and with God's purposes. And so we ask for God's forgiveness and we can receive that. And then we um, ask God to show us, is there a place where I need to forgive and release um, other people um, or I need to be released from other things? Do I need to make something right? Do I need to be reconciled? Um, with my brother and my sister and then um, we say um, lead us not into temptation as Donna said 
Um, and that's, yeah, that's a really important one, eh? Because um, we need to seek God's guidance around like, God, where do I put my feet? Like, how do I walk past this door? That's not going to be a good way for me to go. That's, um, even though you were literally meaning a door, Donna, that's actually like a really good metaphor of like, there's like not good over here. Like God, lead me not into temptation, like guide my footsteps. Um, and then we say, and deliver us from the evil one. And so this is praying for protection, God's protection um, from the enemy that's at work um, and from, yeah, just like evil purposes in the world. And so those are those six different sides of the Lord's prayer and we can um, pray deeply into those. And so, um, yeah, I just was, I just, I hadn't planned to do this, but felt in worship prompted to do this. I just want to read to us from John's gospel, the story of Jesus crucific crucif <laughs> crucifixion, crucifixion. Um, so yeah, we're in um, John number 19. It says, they took Jesus away, carrying his cross. Jesus went to the place called Skull Hill. The name in Hebrew is Golgotha, where they crucified him. And with two others there, one on each side, Jesus was placed in the middle. Pilate wrote a sign and had it placed on the cross. It read, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read the sign because the place where Jesus was crucified was right next to the city. It was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. The Jewish high priest objected. Don't write, they said to Pilate. Oh, don't write, they said to Pilate, the King of the Jews. Make it instead. This man said, I am the king of the Jews. And Pilate said, what is written, I've written. When they crucified him, the Roman soldiers took his clothes and divided them up four ways, to each soldier a, soldier a fourth. But his robe was seamless, a single piece of weaving. And so they said to each other, let's not tear it up. Let's throw dice to see who gets it. This confirmed the scripture that said, they divided up my clothes among them and threw dice for my coat. And then it has in brackets here, the soldiers validated the scriptures. While the soldiers were looking after themselves, Jesus' mother, his aunt, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene stood at the foot of the cross. Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing near her. He said to his mother, woman, here is your son. And then to the disciple, here is your mother. From the moment the disciple accepted her as his own mother. Jesus, seeing that everything was completed so that the scriptural record might also be complete, said, I'm thirsty. A jug of sour wine was standing by. Someone put a sponge soaked with wine with a javelin and lifted it up to his mouth. And after he took the wine, Jesus said, it is done, complete. Bowing his head, he offered up his spirit. Then the Jews, since it was the day of Sabbath preparation, and so the bodies wouldn't stay on the crosses over the Sabbath, it was, a whole, it was a high holy day that year, petitioned Pilate that their legs be broken to speed death and the bodies taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man crucified with Jesus and then the other. When they got to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead, so they didn't break his legs. One of the soldiers stabbed him in the side with a spear. Blood and water gashed out. And so I'm now going to... Um, yeah, just put on this little video from Bishop Ellie. And the reason I reread that um, and feel like um, it was important to actually read it is just to reground ourselves in the story of um, Jesus' crucif crucifixion for us. And um, Bishop Ellie talks about the wounds of Jesus, of um, his wounds um, on the cross, his hands and his feet, and, um, and then also um, where the spear 
um, cut him on his side. So I'm gonna put that on now. Where am I? All right, hopefully you guys will be able to hear this. Um, here we go. Spiritual exercise around repentance that I want to share with you is one that um, it's, it's quite a personal one, but for me it was inspired by Pope Francis. I heard that one of his practices was that every night he would pray the Lord's Prayer and um, pray it five times for each of the wounds of Christ. And um, the wounds of Christ are kind of a, the, the holy wounds that we have understood as a church tradition are his two hands, his two feet, and then the wound in his side where he was pierced with the, the spear. So the way that I adapted this was that I would have that discipline for a season of praying uh, through the wounds of Christ with the Lord's Prayer, morning, midday and evening. And each time that I prayed, I would focus on a different aspect of our world or ourselves or our people. So in the mornings, I would pray for our world and I would pray holding a wound of Christ in my imagination. So I would reach out in my mind's eye and hold Jesus's hand aware of the wound, aware of the cost of sin in our world. And I would pray for five different areas of um, our world that needed redemption. So I would pray for climate change, holding the hand of Jesus and saying the Lord's Prayer. And then I would hold Jesus's other hand and I'd pray for human trafficking by saying the Lord's Prayer. And I would hold Jesus's feet and again I would think of an aspect of our world. For us it might be the housing crisis and where I would Think of that aspect of our world. Say the Lord's Prayer and hold that wound of Christ. Then at midday, in the midday prayer, I would pray for particular people. And that would be people that I was in a discipleship relationship with. And I would um, think of that person and again pray five times for five different people. And each time I prayed the Lord's Prayer, I would think of that person and I would hold onto one of the wounds of Christ. And then in the evening at night prayer time, I would again pray the Lord's Prayer five times and hold each of Jesus's wounds and pray for myself. And I would pray for my own wounds. So at the end of the day, I would bring into the presence of Jesus aspects of my life that needed more redemptive healing. And part of the gift of this exercise for me is that the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus gave us, prays us through and um, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It speaks of forgiveness and it speaks of healing, it speaks of God's provision and it speaks of protection from evil and it speaks of God's kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. 
And so that framing of the words of the Lord's Prayer guides us deeply into a posture of repentance and a posture of forgiveness and a posture of peace. Awesome. Could you guys um, hear that or see that? Great. So great. Awesome. And so what I want to encourage you guys with is that um, the challenge, the weddle I want to lay down is um, to practice, to, to take some time now and to think about the Lord's Prayer and to think about a rhythm that you want to practice this week of praying the Lord's Prayer. It might be that you want to say it once a day. It might be that you want to say it multiple times a day. You might want to do what Bishop Ellie just did. But take the time. Think about this week. I'm going to give you a couple of minutes um, because I think that there's an invitation for us to go deeply in prayer and to see how prayer is a thing that leads us into mission and leads us into caring for the world. So just take a few minutes. Awesome. Cool. Shot guys. Um, I'm just going to um, give you one more thing, um, which is an exercise that I'd love to give you to finish with and to take some time writing and sharing with, um, with the people that you're, you're with. And that is, um, I spent some time with some different people this week asking them, what has mission looked like for us in the past five weeks? Because um, I think we need to really increase our eyes to see where we are active participants with God already, because I think that really encourages us in um, following God's leading and in stepping forward. And so what I'm going to read to you is some statements um, from different people that I connected with across the community around how they have participated in mission in the last five weeks. And you'll see that these are tied back to the different um, the, the different five marks. And then after I've read those, what I'm going to encourage you guys to do is to spend some time and to write down a couple of ways you've participated. And so the kind of simple way to form that up is just saying I, and then what action you took, what thing you did, and then because, blah. So um, I shared how I discerned around coming to Wellington with someone of faith who was having difficulty discerning their next stage of life. I did this because we are called to pass on knowledge of what we've learned from our lives and from God. I went and visited my family, even though they're not good company. I did this to love them well and in a way that mirrors God's sacrificial love to us. He doesn't do, he doesn't um, love us because it's fun and easy for him. Um, and that gave um, me the opportunity to show that to them and to receive love from them as well. I changed my plans and was inconvenienced in order to listen well and speak into someone's life because Jesus demonstrated being interruptible and showing costly love. I made a new friend because it seemed like he needed one. I called him during lockdown and walked him to Hamble Dessert. I offered to pray and prayed with someone for healing because God wants to heal people and have them know his love. Um, and my asking someone can demonstrate some of God's character to them. 
I signed a petition about returning land to mana whenua and sent it to friends because adding my voice to a cause that uplifts the environment and its first peoples as a way of transforming justice and as a way I see God leading and care for creation. I watered my house plants even though I forgot about them for four weeks because some care is better than no care and God cares about them too. I increased my giving to Blueprint because mission is collaborative and costly, literally in this case. I prayed for people um, emotionally hurt and scared. Oh, I pray for, pray for people who emotionally hurt and scared a friend because they did this um, um, as part of an unjust structure and I want them to know um, God's freedom for them too. Um, what else have we got here? I did the dishes, even though they weren't mine, um, because that was a good way for me to love and support those in my house. So um, I want to leave you guys now um, with the challenge of writing down um, different ways. See if you can get um, a way for every mark of mission. And I just really encourage you um, to, um, I think this is really important for us to do, because I think um, sometimes in church, we're always like so busy talking about like, where we want to go and like how God's calling us out that we um, can fall into feeling like, oh, we're never enough or something, but that's so not the point. And I so know that God will have been at work in the day-to-day -day of life over the past five weeks for you guys. And I think it's important for us to capture that with one hand, even as we um, like take up this challenge this week of praying the Lord's prayer and praying into things that God puts on our heart um, whether those are big issues, people that we're loving, our own wounds. And I think that um, doing both of those things together is a, is a good way for us to hold. Um, God has been active and we have been participating with God and God is calling us deeper. And those are two things I would love for you to take away um, from our time this evening. So um, I'm going to pass back to um, Tommy and Brooke to pray for us. Um, and then that will be us for the night. Order. Could you have a round of applause for Rose for just an awesome um, message tonight. Thank you, Rose. That was thanks, really, Rose. really awesome. Um, okay, yeah, Lord, we just thank you for um, this evening uh, to be able to spend time together, Lord, um, together but apart. Um, yeah, we just pray, Father, for um, the week ahead, Lord, um, that we would go out and to serve you, um, that we would recognize where we are already on mission, Lord. Um, and where you might be calling us to, um, to serve you, Father. Um, yeah, we just pray for our nation, Lord. We pray for um, particularly our family and whanau in Auckland um, and just uh, pray a blessing over them uh, this week, Father. Um, yeah, Lord, and we just, we just pray that we would use our giftings well um, as we step into this week. Um, where we are feeling uh, discouraged, would we find encouragement? Um, and where we are tired, would we find energy? Uh, and as Annalise prayed, um, where there is fear, would we uh, have safety and rest, Lord? Um, so, Father, we just lift these things uh, up in your almighty name, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.